back. Three, two, one. We're Very, back. We're back. So, welcome back, Sonia, to after a long hiatus of no millennial trash for a few months. Yeah, we definitely took a long break, but <laughs> we always return. I think we return just at random times. There's like no real like set vacation or break of when millennial trash goes off air, but we just somehow just get together randomly and just record a couple episodes or two, get back to it. Yeah, but hopefully that just gives people time to miss us. <laughs> good, good point. Uh, well, hopefully everyone is doing well um, during the quarantine and staying yeah. busy. Um, you know, everyone just stay inside, <laughs> get safe, staying safe, get healthy. You know, staying sane. Yeah, like how are you uh, staying productive or sane during this time? Yeah, I think that's been such a challenge because we've gotten so many guidelines on how to physically stay safe, but there's not a lot of guidelines on how to mentally stay sane. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I think for me, a lot of it is, well, I'm a huge fan. I think I've talked on the podcast before about yoga and meditation. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds very hippie, but it truly, truly helps with my mental well-being. And then also I've literally set alarms on my phone because I don't know about you, but now that we never leave home, it feels uh-huh. like work is never ending. So yeah. I have to remind myself to take breaks from work. So I have three alarms on my phone throughout the day that say like mm-hmm. stretch, take a break. That's good. Eat lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I need to do that too. But I agree with you because I use my work laptop for personal reasons too. And sometimes when I'm always connected to my email or Slack and things just pop up, I'm just diving back into the spreadsheets. And that's not really healthy at like seven, eight or nine o'clock at night because it's a continuous cycle. And I think because of that, I think when quarantine first started and I was working from home, I just got to a point where I was feeling really worn out and almost really frustrated and annoyed with everything. And I was in a really negative mood for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I actually think that it's possible to get burnt out right now. I think so too. I think I read something online. People always assume working from home is going to be, oh, it's going to be easy. It's going to be you know, a, a cakewalk compared to being in the office. But I think now when we're all spread apart and we're doing everything online, I think it's a, even much harder because you're trying to, you know, you can't collaborate as easy. You can't communicate as easy. It's just so much more difficult. Yeah. And you also have no kind of separation of your work and your social life because everything (laughs) is on the screen. So I agree. I was having a really hard time disconnecting from work and I was having a really hard time sleeping and I would wake up and I would immediately be thinking about work. And I think it's because before we had a lot of ways to distance ourselves kind of you know you you had the weekends to separate work weeks and now no one knows what day it is (laughs) any given day feels like all the other days (laughs) have you been getting random dreams oh my gosh yes so like from nightmares to just weird dreams (laughs) but I actually researched it and I found that that's because it's actually scientific it's because this part of your brain that deals with panic and danger right now is on and it makes your 
it makes you much less prone to sleeping because the part of your brain that does sleep and relaxation cannot turn on when the danger part of your brain is turned on. Oh, wow. So yeah, they can't be turned on at the same time. So a lot of people are having trouble sleeping and it's because there's this ever present invisible danger and our brains think that they need to be on high alert at all times. Have you had no. trouble sleeping? I haven't had trouble sleeping, but I think I'm dreaming a lot more often than I'm used to because before I would just knock out and then the next thing I know I'll be awake the next day. But now I'm like vividly remembering things from the night prior, you know? And I think just like your study, I read before, like when you dream, that means your brain isn't fully asleep or it's still working, right? right. And you're not getting a good night's rest because your brain is still processing and stuff like that. So to your point, I think because we're not doing anything beyond the norms of exiting our apartment and just kind of like working watching TV, you're not getting that mental stimulation. And I think because of that, it's just creating, keeping your brain in this like hamster wheel and it's causing a lot of distress. Yeah. And I think when our lives go through a big change like this, there's always going to be a period of calibration where we're getting used to the new normal. Yeah. Um, so even people who aren't working from home, but you know, they've maybe lost their jobs or been furloughed or something it's yeah. you could still be stressed out yeah definitely i think in general it's just a very stressful time for everyone but i guess but before diving into all that like what good or positive or fun things have you been trying to do um i have started to really dedicate my time to writing a book i've always wanted to write oh really nice. yeah shout out to my book um, I'll do a <laughs> shameless plug here. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you can sign up for my book. The link is in the bio. Um, is it uh, fact or fiction? Can you give us a sneak peek of the plot? Yes. So it's it's kind of a dystopian novel, science fiction about a young woman who's forced to flee when this extremist government faction starts to take oh, over wow. the galaxy. Yes. <laughs> So if you're into fantasy or science fiction, it, it will be your cup of tea. Um, and then the other thing I was doing was I actually signed up for a class and it's called the science of well-being. It's all about what psychology says to be happier in your life. So mm -hmm. I'm in the camp of really trying to throw myself into productivity, but I know that there's been talks around that online on social media about how you don't have to be productive in the pandemic and how it's hard to be productive for that same reason because we're scared we're stressed and it, yeah. sometimes you can't focus if you're scared or stressed yeah do you feel like you're pursuing more creative efforts right now when you have more time at your fingertips or is your creativity a little bit inhibited i think both i think i'm pursuing it more but i'm inhibited <laughs> because we've all gotten this wonderful, if you look at it positively, we've gotten a gift of more time. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, the more time is during this very stressful time. So I find it really hard to be inspired and be creative. No, definitely. I think it's uh, really challenging at the moment because there's, I think there's a lot of bad news constantly on our timelines in discussions on tv and everywhere and 
wanted to ask you, like you're be, you're a very uh, active member of the social media community. You post a lot of memes on Mondays. Love Meme logging, Monday. You know? um, yes. So how have you treated social media or how has your consumption or activity on social media changed or progressed uh, in the last two months or so? Yeah, I think it has, it started out the same or maybe even more because at first when we had all this time, I think myself and a lot of people felt bored and especially millennials, like us younger people, the thing we do when we, when we're bored is turn to our phones, <laughs> yeah. scroll through Instagram. And so at first I think I was even more so on social media than I would be previously mm-hmm. to distract myself from the boredom, to fill the time. But then, you know, we were talking about sleep. I really could not sleep. And I was just endlessly scrolling. I would get into these deep rabbit holes of, mm-hmm. like you're saying, the negative news. And I was, you know, I wanted to know more about the virus and and how scientists were looking at it and where it came from. And I had a million questions about it and I wanted to almost solve it to make myself feel better. Yeah. And then I realized I can't solve this. (laughs) (laughs) And all this negative news is really contributing to my not sleeping. So, and I mean, I know you said you were in a bad mood. Do you think that news was part of it or are you still listening to the news i think it played a really big and influential part because imagine because i check the news every morning when i wake up i check like yeah that's uh, what i used to do yeah that's just general world news check business sports and whatnot but then if now since everything came to a halt the way news that is being reported is pretty much uh, everything related to the pandemic and the virus but if every single day they're reporting that Thousands and thousands of people were tested positive, followed by thousands of people dying. And it's this big, reoccurring deja vu every single day of just bad, negative news. It creates a lot of fatigue and almost puts you in a place where, man, like this is never going to get better. And I think because of yeah. that, it creates a, a, puts me in a mood where, what do we have to look forward to? You know, if it's the same shit every single day. And it just, like you said, like we just lose track of days and times and it just feels like every day is the same. And it doesn't seem like there's much progress from it. And I think that's the right. biggest thing. There's no, not much positivity amongst uh, negative negativity, right? And I yeah. think that's weighs down on me a lot. And that's has been a big factor in me feeling really distraught. Right. I mean, it's an infinity pool of negativity and danger and mm-hmm. uh, struggles. So yeah. what what did you, I know I, as much as I didn't want to, because I felt like it would make me ignorant, I've uh-huh. completely stopped. I asked one of my close friends to text me if anything big happened in the oh. news. Yep. But what have, what have you cut down on your consumption? And also, yeah. how did you come to that realization that I, it was part of the, the, you know, kind of depression? Yeah. Um, to answer the first part, I, uh, let's say if I check my phone in the morning before I go to bed, I think I, after a while, I just started feeling like disgusted every time I check Twitter or the news. Twitter is always going to be talking about 
like deaths and mm-hmm. uh, the chaos and how our poor government administration is not handling things right. And every time I just finish reading an article, I just feel like a little bit more angrier or more yeah. uh, disappointed. Helpless. Right? Yeah. Helpless, yes. Good, good word. And I just started, I guess, uh, unfollowing news outlets and just followed more entertainment purpose <laughs> accounts, you know, like music stuff, sports stuff, dogs, <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, and just like, like I'm just using my social more so just to entertain and look at things that would actually brighten up my day versus things that could be informative, but also, but then at the flip side, informative yet demoralizing. Yeah. That's so cool. You basically went through like a timeline cleanse. <laughs> yeah, definitely. One thing I was going to add though, was that I feel like a lot of us have come to this conclusion on our own that like the media oh, is not yeah. helpful and it's kind of fear mongering. And I think yeah. that we, yeah. I, I mean, especially my college educated friends, like I do want to recognize our privilege here, but we have been taught to kind of be have a critical eye you know and we've been taught to not believe everything we hear online and so I think a lot of people I know including myself when I came to this conclusion just realized like oh media companies are still companies they are making money off of this yeah yeah Uh, actually that's my question there I just reminded me of it this is the negativity and the constant you know array of quote-unquote bad news it's more sort of a strategy by the media to one keep us clicking and checking in to make more ad dollars, but two to keep instill a fear in all of us to stay inside. No, I don't think it's motivated by the latter. I don't uh-huh. think that as much as that would be kind of probably good if we had this societal shift to you know protect each other and. Um, more of like a collective mindset. Yeah. I don't, from what I've heard and seen on the news and in my news sources, they're definitely just, they're sourcing information. But I do think that a lot of, especially the mainstream news sites are leaning into fear mongering. I I think that they are excited because let's be honest, like journalism, news, editorial, all of this has been on the decline Yeah, definitely. since the digital age started. Yeah. Now all of a sudden their numbers are up. They're going to have the best quarter ever. Advertisers are probably, you know, getting, they're probably getting a lot more ad revenue from, you know, the nightly news than they have in a while because before really only I, you know, only the only people I know that watch the news were like people my parents age or older. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. And then I guess you brought a good connection to it. How do you think our generation, the millennials, but also people below us too, maybe Gen Z, are reacting to everything versus our baby boomer parents? Because like, I'll be honest, like for me, I'm not like definitely afraid. I'm still going outside, I'm going to the grocery store, taking walks. You know, I'm still going on drives and stuff, whatever. So I'm not like afraid of catching the bug if I take one foot out. But do you think there's a greater fear in other generations? I do. I think there has to be a greater fear. I mean, part of the reason that we don't have to be afraid is because they've, you know, found out that 
it can be asymptomatic in young mm-hmm. people. So we could have already had it and not even yeah. know. Like uh-huh. that's part of why we're not afraid is because most younger people can recover from it, right? Yeah. And older people can recover from it too, but they're just way more susceptible to like bad symptoms or, you know, it, it can be life-threatening. So, but I think, I, I actually think the difference is more about the way of life that we've had to adapt to and not the fear because I know my parents are not, they're not scared of getting it. And I am scared of getting it, (laughs) (laughs) but they are not doing as well with it because they've had to learn zoom. They have to deal with technology. They're not used to communicating with friends or their community over technology and I think it's making Uh, them feel more lonesome oh really and I think that they have not come to that conclusion that like oh maybe I shouldn't watch the news are we so if everyone remembers Rex and I used to work at Uber so we've worked from home and I know that's true for a lot of people especially in LA where it's kind of more hip and ahead of its time that you know these flexible work environments allow you to work from home and so we've done that before. We're used to that. Yeah. We're also also used to, you know, FaceTiming our friends. Um, yeah. We grew up with it and we understand it. We used to have AIM. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like we know what it's like to get on technology and still feel like you're chatting with your friends. Mm-hmm. I think that our parents have had a bigger adjustment because they, most of them don't work for companies that are flexible like that. They don't work from home. Mm-hmm. and you know they don't know how to sign on to their company server or they think zoom is like weird and they don't like seeing themselves on the video <laughs> so let's uh flip it for a bit let me ask you this like how would you think you'll survive in this pandemic if we did not have the internet so let's take it back to like 1990 or something <laughs> <laughs> And you're putting yourself in your parents' shoes who, again, didn't really grow up with technology but might not be the most proficient. So imagine going through a pandemic with no cell phone, no Netflix, no internet at all. How would you think you'll fend for yourself then? I think I would be a lot more depressed. (laughs) I think uh, maybe I would just start like a a letter writing campaign. (laughs) Because I'd be lonely and have, you know, I, I think that I'm a pretty independent person. So yeah. I can't, I, I do think I would feel more lonely, but not, com- it wouldn't, I don't know if I would be completely depressed. I think I would probably try to find ways to distract myself. Yeah. It does make me wonder though, um, if people would break it more if we didn't have technology. Do you think yeah. you would have survived? That's a good question. Because I think another thing that's coming to my thinking during this whole two months is how much we're so reliant on technology and so dependent on it that I'm starting to almost scale back a little bit. So trying yeah. to not be on my phone as much. Like you said, like I'm working on my laptop. I need an alarm to say, hey, Rex, turn it off and go take a walk or read a book, you know? Yeah. I kind of de- detach from a lot of the the technological features that we have and just do the more simple things. Like in the last two months, I've been cooking a lot, 
my girlfriend and I have been doing a bunch of puzzles <laughs> I've been oh, reading that's so fun. you know and doing a little bit more things that are unplugged and kind of enjoying those activities more versus you know just sitting around and just looking at TikTok and IG stories all day yeah I wonder if after this kind of dies down a little bit more if we will maybe have a swing in that other direction where we don't want to really text we want to be in person with people we don't want uh-huh. to play video games with people we want to play a card game with them you know I wonder <laughs> yeah, if definitely. That, yeah, so, I think that would be good that would probably be good for our society yeah I'm totally like after all this I'm not going to be canceling any plans or flaking out anymore <laughs> <laughs> anyone wants to hang out I'm there 10 minutes early yeah it really does make you appreciate the small things yeah. it does so have you been I guess keeping in contact with your friends or real life social network yeah so we've been doing like zoom brunches very oh, nice. millennial very <laughs> millennial um I have been texting one of my best friends probably every day <laughs> shout out to her for not getting annoyed at that (laughs) and then I I do think it has presented the opportunity to connect with people who I might not have been able to before Uh I reconnected with an old high school friend um and you you just texted him like out the the blue you know she took the lead she she called me um yeah and like she has a kid so I think basically after she had her kid we just it slowly you know we slowly started talking less and I don't even know how she found the time to call me now because it sounds like people with kids at home have a rougher go at it <laughs> yeah so I think there are little like spots of light in this darkness mm-hmm. yeah, um, that make me feel like we're less alone but I do still I still think what's interesting is that this is something that has like put us all in a similar situation um but i think that people still have an individualist mindset (laughs) yeah i think uh yeah so we kind of talked about this before how the u.s compared to other countries we have i think the most freedom we have the most free thinkers we have thrived because of the freedom we have the democracy to be able to free think and pursue anything pretty much we want to do. But then I read somewhere that because of that, we've almost developed almost like a anti-authoritative approach to a lot of things. And because, and you've seen it now the last couple of weeks across the country, people are protesting this stay at home order. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Do you think that now the pandemic or the quarantine or stay at home order has evolved to be more of a, a social slash political type of thing? Yeah, I definitely think so. And I don't know if that's to our benefit. Yeah, I think you're right that the U.S. is unique in that we are probably the Western culture. We are the archetype of independence, freedom. We really latch on to those. I mean, that's like at the core of our society. And, you know, even I felt like when this first started, everyone was scared and that fear was motivating them to stay inside. Yeah. 
And now that the fear has worn off, which I think they have a term for that now, it's called like caution fatigue. Basically, your brain just gets tired of being on high alert all the time and you just get sick of being, Uh you know, cautious and careful. Yeah. And as that started to wear off, I think we, we really reverted back to our selfishness and, (laughs) um, you know, cause we are very, like, we don't have a collectivist society. We don't really think in terms of the greater good. So to me, I think that it's, it's definitely like a societal social rooted issue um it's you know the overlying event is a health issue but the way we're reacting to it here is like a societal it's really kind of showing the underbelly of who we are across our nation oh definitely i think again like people are losing their jobs right a lot of big companies are laying off a mass amount of people companies are going under and granted like you said the underlying reason is health but then it's all about money still, right? And health is the least of the effort where people are willing to get sick because they need to go pay the bills and pay the rent and take care of your financial needs, right? But then if yeah. our society wasn't as concerned about financial needs and we were giving breaks on rent or mortgages and debt, but then we're not. So we have, to, as people, they, they do have to go out and go get the money because they're not giving the freedom to take that break, right? So I think people are caught in a, between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and I think that they're, that's such a good point. I think that they're reverting to selfishness in a really um, all-consuming way because like you mentioned, it's also our socioeconomics here. But Mm -hmm. the hardest hit are, you know, underprivileged communities and we're not really doing anything to help that. There's not really pressure on our politicians to do anything to fix that. And then, you know, we've really found out what quote unquote essential workers are. And yet there are still people who are so consumed by their own situation and frustration Mm -hmm. that they're, you know, they're going to risk their lives and other people's lives, not to work, not to pay the bills, but to just, you know, uh, uh, ignore the, guidelines and do what they want because yeah. that's what they want to do yeah so with california starting to slowly open up this friday um mm-hmm. i think hiking trails are opening up on saturday some small retail businesses are opening up on friday are you going to get it back into the world and start you know uh hitting up these establishments or are you gonna kind of just take a wait and see approach? I'm definitely taking a wait and see because like if it like I just mentioned if it wasn't clear I fully feel like this is a civil duty for the greater good kind of thing because you know we're in our 20s we're we could be asymptomatic I could be spreading it and if I spread it to someone else's grandma or mom I'm going to feel terrible I don't want I don't even want to risk that Mm -hmm. and the more people I come into contact with the greater chance of that happening and it you know it's exponential so it's not just one person's grandma or mom it's like six other people's grandma or moms (laughs) 
definitely. So, and I feel like right before California did close the public uh, open spaces, yeah, there were a lot of people out at the parks not following guidelines. I remember it was maybe the weekend right before we got that order that the trails would be closing. Mm-hmm. I was at a park and I saw people playing basketball and mm-hmm. that was before the masks even. Basketball uh-huh. is a high contact close <laughs> sport. You run yeah. with each other up and down <laughs> the court. So to me, I'm, I just think, even though I would love to do that, that sounds like it would be really healthy and I think it's a good idea for people who are struggling mentally. They should take yeah. that opportunity. But if you don't feel like you truly need it for your mental health, I feel like it's a greater good duty mm-hmm. to not put put people at risk until you know it's safer or we have some way to test ourselves or something like that. I think we're past the point of trying to convince people to stay inside and quarantine now i think uh people have made the decisions people have made the decisions on where to stand and two months in i think people have made the decisions it's kind of i wouldn't say impossible to change someone's mind now unless some big catastrophe which could happen with the second wave of things Mm -hmm. hits again but i think people for people to actually like take action we need something humongous and i'm not saying the thousands of people that have died isn't humongous, but I think something catastrophic has to hit to really shape or reshape people's thinking. Yeah. Or something, someone influential or a group of influential people decide to really push on it. Mm -hmm. You know, we haven't really had strong leadership through this at all in any way, you know, whether that's from the media or from our government and both of those outlets Mm-hmm. or factions like people don't trust them anyway so yeah. <laughs> so I think you're right in that as this all started there was no convincing leadership and therefore we were all left up to our own devices to make our own minds about it and so now yeah. people have fully made their minds about it and that's that and they're set in it true well I guess we'll see what happens in the next two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting when you look at other countries, you know, because I do yeah. think that people are worried that we'll be like Italy. Italy's economy is done. <laughs> it's really bad. You know, they're in a, an economic crash and they've really adhered to the stay home order very seriously yeah. for very long, longer than us. But I think that's the choice that, that they made, right? Like health yeah. people's lives over the economy. And here we are kind of in two buckets and no one's happy. We've, str- we've landed in this like middle ground where yeah. people who want it to open back up, like you're talking about, if they want to open their stores back up, they're angry. If they're at, tired of being at home, they're angry. And on the other hand, if they you know, are aware of the severity of the situation yeah. and they don't think we should open back up. So uh, what can we do to make sure we're getting through this on a somewhat positive note? Yeah, that's a good question. I think one thing that 
I've realized that was a really light bulb moment for me, which sounds ridiculous. But I think a lot of people our age, especially, don't fully get this is that we cannot change this. <laughs> and we cannot control others either, right? Yeah. So if it's someone's decision to, you know, go to the hiking trails this weekend, but like I said, I don't, I wouldn't, that, but that doesn't matter. They should live their life. So right. I almost think that it's about letting things go because if we get angry, we're just adding to it. I also, I think practicing gratitude and empathy towards people and giving them more of a break than we usually do right now can go a yeah. long way. Sometimes I have to remind myself, I'm still I'm alive, I'm healthy, I'm still employed for the time being. Uh, I'm not struggling, you know, so I don't have it as bad as some folks. So that's a thing to be blessed about. Yeah. I also think that optimism can go a long way because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know, right? Yeah. We, there might be a second wave. We might find a vaccine, you know? <laughs> I just, I wonder if we could replace more of our negative thoughts with just neutral or positive thoughts. Yeah. How much more we could help ourselves and then thus help our circle and our family and um, our coworkers even, you know? So trying to be more optimistic, I think, would be key as well. Definitely. All right. So I think uh, we have a pretty good and in-depth conversation about what's going on. Overall, like we talked about, this is beyond anybody's control. It's something that is concerning, but then at the end of the day, to maintain a sense of sanity, but also a sense of positivity in your life. Focus on what you can control. Focus on your closest friends, your family, yourself, and make sure you guys are good. But I guess the end things on a more fun and positive note because we are a fun and positive uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm you some bunch of random quarantine questions, Sonia. And I'm curious to know, how long is your book going to be? Ooh, 12 chapters, uh, I think, hopefully. How, how close are you to finishing? A fourth of the way through. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, what have you been binging on Netflix or other streaming platforms? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but shout out to Eric. We used to work <laughs> with him at Uber. He introduced me to Shit's Creek. Oh, Have nice. you seen it? I heard it's pretty funny. It is great. But the key that I learned from Eric, because the first time I watched it, I hated it, is that you have to at least get through episode three. So it's a highly recommend from you? Highly, highly. I really love the characters. Um, what is one thing you do every single day? Meditate. What about you? I try to meditate every day, but that's has fallen in and out. Um, but do you use an app for anything? Yeah, I. If you are thinking of medita- meditating, I use this app. It's free. It's called Insight Timer, oh. and you can filter by length, which I like, and that's especially good for you know new newbies because then you could just do a three minute one, and even that can help you. Oh, cool. 
And um, I guess lastly, and cap things off, what is the first thing you're going to do post-quarantine? <laughs> oh, I've thought about this so much. Definitely go to brunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a definite Sonia answer right there. <laughs> what are you going to do? Man, I mean, it's such a, there's so many things I want to do, right? But I think the first thing I want to do is I just want to go to a restaurant and just have a good meal. It doesn't matter yeah. what restaurant. I just want to be inside a restaurant. Well, we don't know how things are going to look after this, but I think it's all going to be different, but we're going to be different. We're going to be more resilient. So either way, it's going to be okay. And I guess maybe this is the real last question, but what is one thing you've learned about yourself or grown on from, from this quarantine experience? That I can manage my mind a lot more than I thought I could. It's good. It's a good thing. Super what about y'all? No question. I haven't actually been able to think about this. I yeah, think, it is. It's oh, deep. Oh, but one thing that I realized that I spent a lot of money on stuff that I don't really need. <laughs> one, one positive thing for this quarantine is I've saved a lot of money in the last two months. Yes. Eating <laughs> out, drinking, or buying things. Yeah, yeah. But I do think there will be a period when we we'll want to spend all the money. <laughs> <laughs> Like right out of quarantine, we just be blowing all our money that we saved up. I'll be like bottomless mimosas every day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's a good point to cap things off. Um, Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Yes. um, Thanks for always returning when we return. (laughs) (laughs) It's sporadic times. But yeah, everyone stay safe. Everyone stay sane. And uh, I hope this has helped. um, Yeah, so everyone have a stay safe. And we'll see each other on the other side soon. See you guys soon.